This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Well, hey, welcome to Relevant Life Church. How many uh, are excited this morning to be at church? Uh, You are... Man, just fired up for for God to do something powerful in your life. Um, I want to remind you of some things really quick before I get started. Uh, If you're new with us, if you're uh, new to Relevant Life Church this morning, would you do us a favor and fill out a connection card in the seat back in front of you? or by scanning the QR code that's in the seat back in front of you and filling out that information. And if you fill it out physically uh, with a pen uh, and on the piece of paper that's in the seat back in front of you, would you drop that off in the green box uh, in the lobby for us? That would help us out tremendously. And we thank you so much for doing that. Uh, PK and Rhonda went down to Disneyland to celebrate his 60th birthday, the big six. Oh, he doesn't look a day over 25. Come on, how many would agree? Uh, he's still got as much spunk as ever, and he's still as ornery as ever uh, in the name of the Lord. And uh, uh, he's, man. We just, uh, we celebrate him today. He was in Disneyland, and unbeknownst to him, uh, P.T. and P.A., Pastor Trenton and Pastor Allie, showed up and surprised P.K. at Disneyland, and they are there now celebrating with him, and uh, it, was, it was a surprise for him. He had no idea, and uh, it, was, it was just a great uh, great surprise. And so that's where they are today. They're, they're at our Disneyland campus. Praise God, we're believing for it. Come on, have you? <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, we are, uh, I'm sure they're watching uh, this morning. So pastors, we love you. Can we say happy birthday, Pastor Kevin, on the count of three? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Pastor Kevin. Hey, we are uh, stepping into week four. Actually, before I do that, we are stepping into week four of our DM series, but I want to give you an update on the progress that we are making in our Above and Beyond Giving campaign. If you would throw that up there, we are at $27,000. Uh, $27,133. I, I, I can't do math. I, I'm sorry, guys. I've had too much caffeine this morning. Uh, we are pledged at 45090 and we are have made uh, $27,133 progress so far. Um, so God is doing uh, incredible things. There's not, it's not too late to give. It's not too late to say, man, what can I give and, and give towards this amazing campaign as we've been raising money for Chi Alpha missionaries uh, and uh, to, to be able to share the gospel on the school campus and to raise up the next generation of leaders and pastors and politicians and teachers. And, and so we are making an, an eternal impact. And, and actually, that Bethany Shelton and Zach Shelton are in the house this morning, Chi Alpha missionaries. So anyway, we're, uh, we're, we're celebrating that this morning. Um, uh, today we step into week four of our DM series. How many of you have been enjoying this series so far? Raise your hand. You've been enjoying this series. Oh, only five of us have been enjoying this series. <clears throat> uh, 
We pray that you've been encouraged, that you've been challenged, that you've been messaging God directly, uh, that you've been joining the conversation with him. This series is a deep dive into prayer, but it's also a deep dive into your relationship with God. And really the only way that you can have a deep, vibrant, and growing relationship with anyone is if you talk to them, amen, if you have conversations with them. How many of you have known this to be true, that if you don't talk to that person, you don't have much of a relationship. Amen? So far in our DM series, we've been talking about uh, joining the conversation with God and your personal thread to Him. Uh, how many of you know what a thread is? Okay, okay. It's just, I, PK and Trenton have covered a lot of terms so far, so I just want um, to... We've talked about how to recognize and know that he is speaking to you, uh, that recognize his voice and know that he's speaking to you. How many of you know that he is speaking to you this morning, that he is speaking? No one knows that he's speaking to you. Uh, Participate with me, church. Come on. Uh, If you know he's speaking to you, raise your hand. I, I believe he's speaking to me. And today we're asking you to join the group chat. Amen. Just don't turn the bubbles green. I, that's, it's a joke. I, I'm only partly kidding. Uh, it's an iPhone joke. Uh, the question that we've been challenging you with so far in this series is if God were a contact in your phone, how often would you be messaging him? How often would you be messaging him? And the theme of this series has been, no doubt, don't let prayer be your last resort, but let prayer be your first response. Like, have you ever found yourself in a situation praying as a last resort? Why, why don't we involve God earlier in the process? I mean, why don't we involve him earlier in the process? You see, because when, you wait, when, when we wait and wait and wait and wait and then finally involve God in the process, involve God in the conversation with whatever we're facing as a last resort, we're anxious, we're worried, we're in a tailspin of what if. Right? What, what, if, what if Oregon doesn't make the college football playoff now? They won't. There's no what if about that. There's no, there's no question about that. Uh, and it, it can t- it, that's very surface level, but what ifs can come in all areas of our life. And, and they come into deep parts of our lives like, what if I didn't make the right decision? What if, what if the doctor's report reveals something negative? What if, what if, I, what if I don't get the job? What if the business fails? What if, what, if, what if we can't make it through this? What if, what if I'm failing my kids? What if we don't have enough to make ends meet? What if, what if we don't have enough to make Christmas happen? What if, what if I don't come out of this depression? What if, and we, and we spiral in the what ifs. We face uncertainties, we face unknowns, we face issues, we face adversity in our lives, and we're consumed with worry, and we feel scared, and we feel fearful, and we're doubtful. The, the title of my message today is, What If? What If? How many of you ever thought, what if, when it came to praying for someone else, or having someone else pray for you? Yes? What if it's awkward, you know? 
What if it's uncomfortable? What if, what if they judge me? What if, what if they don't accept me? What if God doesn't heal them? What if God doesn't answer my prayer for them? What if, what if I won't be able to pontificate an eloquent prayer in the moment? And actually in those moments, we're making it about us, our fear, our doubt, instead of trusting in him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. And you're not responsible for the outcome, but you are responsible to be obedient as, in your part as the Holy Spirit guides you and leads you and directs you. There, there are also times where we're so preoccupied with the fires raging in our own life that we feel like we don't have the strength to lift someone else up. That, that, we, that we are the one that needs our name spoken before the throne of grace. We are the one that needs our hands laid on us. And, and we're the ones that need prayed for. We're in the midst of our own battle. And then there's, there's also times where like sometimes we're unwilling to partner with God in intercessory prayer and petition for someone. Because we have bitterness and resentment in our heart towards someone. They hurt me. They wronged me. But if the God of the universe dropped all offenses towards you, there's no offense that you can't drop. There's no offense that you can't forgive someone else of and pray for that person. We let fear and doubt, lie, we let fear and doubt that lies in the what-ifs paralyze us from praying for each other, receiving prayer, lifting each other up, in prayer to God. PK mentioned week one that we say things like, I'll pray for you. How many of you have ever been guilty of saying that? And like, you, come, you, came, you were coming from a good place, right? You, you had good intentions. You had a good heart. They, you, you were like, I'll pray for you. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be praying for you. And then like, instead of taking the time right there in the moment to just, let, let's pray. Let's pray right now. We, we get we go to Costco after church, or we go to lunch, or we go to do whatever, whatever's next on the agenda for the, next, for, for the day, and, and we forget, okay? We're, I mean, we're human, we forget, and, uh, or we say things like, just pray about it. How many of you have been frustrated by that? <laughs> hey, you should just pray about it, right? Wait, PK mentioned it week one. Like, what do you think I've been doing? I've been praying to God every day. Why don't we just stop and pray for each other in those moments? Here's the thing. I think we know that we need to be messaging God, and I, I think we know that other people need us to be messaging God about them. And really, it's not too hard to know what to pray for other people when you're doing life with them, when you're, when you're, when you're involved in their life, when you're, when you're saying, I'm going to enter myself into your mess, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a help to you, I'm going to be a hope to you, I'm going to point you to Jesus. And it's, when you're doing life with people, you understand what their needs are. You know them, you see them, you do life with them. In the same way that we pray for ourselves, we can and should pray for each other. Pray for those in our small groups. Pray for our co-workers. Hello. Pray for our family. Pray for our friends, those who are in positions of authority within our state. Hello. Pray for those who are in positions of authority in our country, in our world, our school systems that make, them, make up the Salem-Kaiser area. And the people that we go through life with every single day, we should, and we, we can and we should pray for and with those people when, when God presents the opportunity. 
The enemy loves to paralyze us with fear and doubt, though. He, he loves to paralyze us with the question, what if? What if? Because we fear man and we struggle to trust God. You know who else faced adversity and uncertainty and who had to make a choice with their what if? The early church. And we're going to look at a story today and that I, I believe... Uh, gives us some what-ifs that we can take and apply to the area of prayer that we can take and apply to as we pray for each other and pray with each other. What if? The, uh, now, the early church, we, not, we may not face uh, the same kind of challenges and persecution that they experienced or that so many still encounter in other parts of the world today. Okay, there, there are people who are, are, are believing in Jesus, risking their life. Okay, but there are uh, things in the story, uh, pr truths in this story that we can apply to our prayer life as we pray for each other and with each other. But um, let's, uh, let's go to Acts chapter 3. If you, how many of you brought your Bibles today? How many of you brought your physical Bible? If you have the Bible app on your phone, open it up to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to start in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, but I want to set the stage for... Uh, when we uh, set the stage for the story that we're about to look at, okay? Uh, when we look at the early church in the book of Acts, the early days, the Christian movement uh, made people stop and stare. Like, it made people like, like, what is happening? This is crazy. This is what we know leading up to the story we're about to read. In Acts chapter 1, we see how Jesus told the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit because he's going to come, and, and, and which would give them power to be witnesses for his kingdom. And in Acts chapter 2, we see what happened when the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, showed up and rested on the followers of, the followers of Jesus, and something wild happened. They started speaking in other languages, and, and the Jews who had gathered in Jerusalem from all over the known world, because of Pentecost, were able to understand them in their own native tongue. And then Peter preached a powerful sermon, guys. He preached an epic sermon where he laid out how Jesus had fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures and he was the resurrected king and Lord and 3,000 people believed and chose to follow Jesus that day. So very quickly, this rather small movement started to grow and the Holy Spirit empowered them to be the messengers of Jesus and a new community began to take shape. You learning something this morning? Okay, so the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 43, that a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. Look, Holy Spirit was moving through the disciples in such a way at this time that no matter what you thought about, no matter what you thought about it, the early church had your attention. You were like, I don't know what's happening with those people over there, but something is different. Uh, they have my attention. The followers of Jesus in this day and age were mainly Jewish, okay? So Jew, Jews had a practice of going to the temple for prayer and sacrifice because of Old Testament requirements for sacrificial offerings, tracking. So they would go early in the morning and again around 3 p.m. Since they were raised with this practice, some of the disciples continued to pray at these set times at the temple and they became, after they became followers of Jesus. And so I want you to keep all this in mind as we jump into Acts chapter 3, verse 1. You ready? Acts chapter 3, verse 1 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. They were on their way to pray. 
Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as he did John, the Peter, and, and then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly, instantly, this is, this is a miracle, the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And so directly after this miraculous encounter takes place in Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26, in Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26, Peter preaches another incredible sermon, and the number of people saved grew to about 5,000 people. Don't forget that this is the same Peter who denied even knowing Jesus a few weeks earlier. That sermon gets them in trouble. I don't know if you guys have read Acts before, but this sermon gets them in trouble with the Jewish leaders. And they call Peter and John before the Sanhedrin, and ultimately they let them go with a slap on the wrist and say, you better not preach in the name of Jesus again. You, bet, you better keep your mouth shut about Jesus, and you better, you better not do it again. And so Peter and John, they go back to the church, and they give a report of what happened, and the church decided to make prayer their first response. And in verse, Acts chapter 4, verse 23, go with me there now, Acts chapter 4, verse 23, it says this, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them when they heard this. They, pray, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together and against the Lord and against his anointed one. Why, the, the earthly people in authority, pe people with earthly positions of authority are making futile attempts at trying to, to come against Jesus. Uh, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against uh, your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand. Confirm it, Lord. Heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we just thank you so much uh, but, uh, for speaking through your word today. God, I, I just pray that um, 
for the rest of our time together, for the, re- for the next few moments we spend together, God, would you reveal yourself in such a powerful way to each and every one of us, no matter what our situation looks like, no matter what our circumstance looks like, no matter what we face today. God, I pray that you would be in the midst of it, and God, that you would empower us, give us courage, give us boldness today, Jesus. In your name, amen. So Peter and John are on their way to pray, and they, and they simply see a need, or better yet, the need saw them, and they, begin, and they, they seize the opportunity to pray. My, point number one, if you're taking notes this morning, I hope you're taking, no, taking notes. Point number one, what if, what if, what if we seize the opportunity, uh, seize the moment to pray for each other? What if we seize the moment to pray for each other? In verse 6, it says, but Peter, Acts chapter 3, verse 6 says, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. The man is begging for money, okay? And Peter says, I don't have any of that, but I do have the name of Jesus. Peter doesn't ask the man about his faith. Peter doesn't say that, oh, he himself has been empowered by the Spirit to heal. No, Peter simply invokes the name of Jesus Christ. It's important to understand that in Jewish thought, a person's name expresses the very nature of their being. So the power of a person is present and available in the name of the person. When we sing that Jesus is worthy of his name, we are saying that he's worthy of everything that his name represents. And so when Peter says, in the name of Jesus, he's calling on the very essence of Jesus. The only way that this man can be healed is through the essence and the power of the name of Jesus. Listen, you may not be able to offer everything to everybody. But you can offer something to someone. Don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. Peter and John said, we don't have money, but we do have the name of Jesus. Does anyone in the room this morning or watching online have the name of Jesus? Does anybody in here have the name of Jesus? You may not have a million dollars, but you've got the name of Jesus. Come on, don't act like we don't have something. Don't act like we don't have the hope that the world is starving for. Peter and John offered what they had with courage, with boldness, and confidence as they prayed for him to receive healing, and, and, and they witnessed God do a miracle. Acts chapter 4, verse 22 mentions that this man had, this man had been lame for four, more than 40 years. I wonder how long his friends and his family members had cried out to God in prayer for him to be healed, to experience restoration. And year after year goes by of persistently praying and leaning into God. And one day, this man receives a touch from Jesus, has an encounter with someone who just said, I don't have what you're looking for, but I do have the name of Jesus. I don't have money for you, but I have the name of Jesus. Never stop praying for each other. Because you never know when God is going to show up in someone's life and do what he has promised to do. What if we began to simply see the person expressing a need? A cry for help. Someone being vulnerable with us. 
with us, whether it's at work, whether it's right here in this room, whether it's uh, at the park, at Costco. I mean, wh- wherever you are, when we, if we see a need, if we someone see someone expressing a need, a cry for help, someone being vulnerable with us, would we be bold enough and courageous enough to seize the moment to pray for them and to watch what God will do? The man, he gets up, he starts leaping, he starts praising God, and people were attracted to Peter and John's message of hope. People, were, people who were broken, people who were rejected, people who felt outcast, people who weren't close to God were drawn to the message of hope that Peter and John began to preach. What if? I mean, what, what if? What if we asked for courage to pray for each other? Acts chapter 4, verse 29 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Now, the the church wasn't asking for boldness. It's important to clarify contextually here that the church was not asking for boldness to pray within themselves. Because that's easy, right? It's, it's easy to pray and to have boldness and to have courage when you're amongst your own people, when you're amongst like-minded people who are there to encourage you, there for you. But they were praying for courage and for boldness to go out into the world and to keep spreading the gospel, to keep sharing the good news, to keep, to keep laying their hands on people, to see them healed, to see them restored in the face of persecution because their lives really were on the line. They, many, many of them would be killed for sharing the gospel. So they were asking for courage and for boldness to keep going, to endure under immense pressure. But how many of you know a lot of us are maybe not under the same pressure, but we're under pressure in this life. And we need to be lifting each other up in prayer. We need to ask for courage to pray for each other because a lot of times it's not going to be easy to pray for each other. It's not going to be easy to get into the midst of someone's brokenness and mess and say, I want to help you. I want to give you the name of Jesus. I want to lift you up in prayer. I want to encourage you today that your best days are ahead of you. Charles Swindle says this about their request right here. Having declared the Lord's sovereign control over the challenges outside their community, outside their community, they acknowledge their own fear. They acknowledge their fear. I love that they didn't apologize for feeling afraid. They simply admitted their weakness and called on their master for help. Grant us confidence. What if? What if, what if my faith rose above my fear that I feel? The fear I feel to pray with and for those in my school, in my family, at my job, in my church, in my family. Notice that the church didn't pray for God to kill their enemies. Notice that the church didn't ask and pray for for God to remove them from their earthly positions of authority, the, the religious leaders. God didn't, they, they didn't pray for God to, God to remove them or, or to make the persecution stop. They prayed for courage, for boldness, for confidence to keep going. They didn't pray for a way out. They prayed for a way through. In this passage, we see courage and boldness as interchangeable. And so I wanted to define for you what this courageous boldness was that they prayed for and walked in. Boldness is defined as this. And, and I, know, I know PK is the king of like definitions and like I, I, it's not on the slide for you. 
but this is what boldness is defined as. Okay, boldness is defined as this. It's the willingness to take risks. When's the last time you took a risk? It's innovative. It's confidence. It's living with a daring mindset. It's going beyond the usual limits of conventional thought, action, or convenience. It's being imaginative. It's being free from intimidation. Some of us today need to break the spirit of intimidation off of our lives. When it comes to the area of prayer, when it comes to praying for someone else or receiving prayer, we're so intimidated by people. We're so intimidated and consumed by the fear of man. We are operating at a 50% level capacity of how God created us to operate in the area of prayer because we care way too much about what people think of us. We care way too much about offending someone. I would rather be a courageous man or woman after God's heart, offending some people along the way than pleasing everybody and yet not living to the full potential that God has called me to walk in, that God has called me to pray in, that God has called me to live in. What if we stopped operating in the fear of man in the area of prayer and we were obedient to God when he spoke? In verse 19, when Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin and they're saying, you better not, you better not preach the name of Jesus again or so help us. They said, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? The fear of man is a paralyzing tactic of the enemy. It keeps people from writing books, starting businesses, launching products, stepping out to university, graduating, trying out that, trying out that idea, asking someone to marry them or asking someone to pray for them. I mean, the fear of man keeps us so afraid. I, I, I mean, the fear of man keeps us so afraid. I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of people not accepting me. I, I, so I'm just going to stay in this cave of fear. And fear shuts people down. It paralyzes them. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self discipline. Jesus hasn't called us to be liked by everybody, church. I hate to break it to you this morning. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. But Jesus has not called us to be liked by everybody. He didn't call us to be popular with everybody. Christianity is not an invitation to live convenient, comfortable, and fit in with the crowd. Okay, Fred Hartley said this, that the New Testament prayer meeting reveals the master plan of Jesus. The last thing Jesus did on earth was to build that prayer meeting. And it's the only thing he left behind on planet earth when he ascended to heaven. He's called us to pray for others with courage and boldness and trust in him with the outcome. How do we receive that kind of courageous empowerment to pray for others with boldness? Number three, what if, what if the Holy Spirit empowers us to do it? What if the Holy Spirit empowers us to pray together? This, this series uh, is all about prayer, and today is all about understanding how to pray for each other, why we should pray for each other, and we need the Holy Spirit to be able to empower us to do it. 
We need the Holy Spirit to be able to empower us to pray together. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Just as, church, just as, the, just as the early church yielded to God and, and prayed to be a part of what he was doing in the lives of people and prayed for him to confirm it through healings and miracles, they were filled with the Holy Spirit in order to see the world come to believe in Jesus. What if? I don't know what what if you're, you're wrestling with today. Maybe it's not a negative what if. What if it's, it could be optimistic and expectant, a faith-filled what if. What if God did it? What if God provided what, exactly what I needed today? What if God showed up? What if God filled me today? What if God did it today? What if we at Relevant Life Church yielded to what the Holy Spirit desires? And embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to pray for those around us, to have an encounter with Jesus. The Holy Spirit filled Peter and John and the church of Jesus Christ to keep sharing the good news. And Peter and John knew this might mean death on a cross. They they understood and knew that to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to keep going and to keep pressing on and to keep enduring... This might mean death. It might mean death on a cross. This might mean death on a cross upside down. John would be tortured. He would be exiled. He would be thrown into a boiling pot of oil and thrown onto the island of Patmos. Paul was beheaded. Stephen was stoned to death. They counted their lives as nothing. For to live was Christ and to die was gain. Do we live with that kind of reckless abandon when it comes to praying for each other, lifting each other up, interceding for one another, petitioning for one another? Their their empowerment, their boldness, their their courage didn't come from getting all their prayers answered all the time or escaping death or never having problems or never facing persecution. Their courage didn't come from circumstances turning around all the way all the time. For their good, their courage came from yielding to the Holy Spirit every single day in praying for other people. In praying for other people, I would rather be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to use me rather than to shrink back and bow to the fear of man, to bow to what other people might think, to bow to insecurity, to bow to whatever your struggle might be, but we have to choose to partner with him. We have to choose to say, Holy Spirit, I want to be a part of what you're doing. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you to pray for other people. The Holy Spirit wants to, to, to give you the courage, to give you the boldness, to pray for those at your work, your coworkers, to pray for those who you come into contact with every day, to pray for those at your school, to pray for those who you do life with, to pray for the family member that's far from God, to pray for your friend that's far from God, to pray for those who are seated in your neighborhood that you have immediate access to that are right there in your corner of the world. God wants to empower you to pray for those, to lift them up. But you have to partner with them. You have to choose to do it. Old Halsby says this. I love that name. Old. Old. Old Halsby said this. Revivals come 
to those cities and communities which have believers who have taken up the holy work of intercession, who've said, yes, I'm going to intercede for people. I'm going to lift people up. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to, I'm going to put my needs over here. And I'm going to pray for the people that I know are going through things that they need God to, to show up in a big way. What if we were like Peter and John and just saw the opportunity that was right there in front of us in the mundane of everyday life that we, we, we just, we got blinders on in life. We're just trying to do that. We're, 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 we're in the hustle of life, trying to get to the next thing, do the next thing, get that done, get this done. And, and, and we're not slowed down enough to just see the need. There it is. And to pray for it to intercede with that person to stop and say hey are you doing okay and when they're like yeah I'm doing great are you doing are you doing good you can trust me you can talk to me what are you going through what's happening talk to me about life and when they get vulnerable and share and they trust you enough to share that with you intercede for them like your hair is on fire pray for them so that heaven might touch their earth. My question for you this morning, who's praying for you? Maybe you haven't thought about that, but who's praying for you? And who are you praying for? Who's lifting your name up before the throne of grace? Whose name are you lifting up? to the throne of grace and asking for God to move and asking God to work because he hears you. We've learned that already. We know that God hears us, that he wants to do incredible things through us. We just have to ask. We have to come before him with confidence, knowing that he will answer. He will come through. He's good on his promises. He's never failed you yet. And he won't won't now. We need each other as a church family to intercede for one another. Instead of being consumed with fearful what-ifs, be consumed with the what-ifs of faith and expectancy and praying for each other. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, this has been a long time coming for me, but I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to put my faith in him. I want to say, Jesus, you are my king. You are my Lord. I want to give you my life. I want to surrender to you. I want to live for you. I want to go on this journey with Jesus. And it can start today. It can start right now. I'm going to pray. And I I want you to just repeat those words with me if that's you. Jesus, I... I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came and you walked in our frame. You knew our pain and you went to the cross and you died for me. That you took on death, hell, and the grave. And you rose three days later, victorious for me. And today, I put my faith in you, Jesus. You are King. You are Lord. I surrender to you. Would you forgive me for being consumed with sin? And God, would you make me clean? 
promise to give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to do one thing for me. Would you share that with someone you trust? Would you share that with uh, any of our staff? Would you share that with someone? And would you, would you let us know? This morning, if you have a need this morning, like the beggar who was at the gate, maybe it was surface level on the outside, but inward you, had a heart, you have a heart issue. If you have a need this morning, would you just be vulnerable? Would you be bold? Would you be courageous this morning? Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I, I have a need this morning. I have a need and I want to receive prayer. If you see someone with a hand raised around you, would you go to that person and, and pray for them right now? Would you go and pray for them? Would you go and believe for them? Would you go and, and, and pray blessing over them? Pray, pray favor over them. Pray for them. If you, ha- if you don't have a hand raised, uh, would you go in? Would you believe and lay hands on people right now who are being prayed for? Would you believe for them? Would you pray for them? Jesus, right now we believe. We believe that you are who you say that you are. God, that you heal, that you bring restoration. God, that you bring hope to circumstances and situations that feel hopeless. that in the name of Jesus, things can turn around, that in the name of Jesus, a miracle could happen, that in the name of Jesus, we can ask for boldness and you'll give it, that we can ask to be filled and you'll fill us with the Holy Spirit. Our prayer team is going to be up at the front. But I just want to challenge you today. You are the prayer team. We don't have a prayer team. I mean, we do have a prayer team ministry. But we're all the prayer team. We are all the prayer team. So if you need prayer today, would you seek someone out? Would you seek someone out? Would you pursue someone? And if you see a need today, would you pursue them? would you pray for them with boldness and courage? I hope that you've been encouraged today, that you've been challenged. Would you have a great Sunday and we'll see you in the weeks to come. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.